Lobos. <laughs> I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna let him keep going. Louis Armstrong. <laughs> are you, are you, are you, uh, say, are you in alphabetical order? Because you went LM. Uh, this is just like the singles that are like random. They are not in any folder in my hard drive. <laughs> there you go. Well, that was pretty random. Welcome to the Heavy Metal Over Six Pack Podcast. <laughs> Thank you for joining us in the middle of our sound check while we try to get the uh, in-studio line to unfuck itself. Uh-huh. Well, with that being said, I, th I think we have it unfucked itself. The unfuckery Woo! is completed. The unfuckery has been completed. So thank you very much for joining us. Welcome to the show. We greatly appreciate uh, you and everything. Howdy doody. In your listening. Howdy doody. Fantasticness. Except for you, you one bastard. Stop, one. Pick, stop picking on that one poor guy, man. He deserves it. He knows what he did. He means us no harm. You know who you are. So I think we're starting with, we would probably call this a headline, I would assume. What do you think? Headline? Yeah. Sure. I like it. Hold Head, on. Head, shoulder, knees, and toes. Line. News. Knees and toes. All right. Heavy metal headlines. We're live. We are live. Well, not really. It's recorded. I mean, you, know, we're you, live would think, you would think 61 episodes into this, so we know what we're doing. Aren't we always Some alive, technically? No. Some of us. I mean, dead inside's different. Okay, we're not technically live. This is now a is hot. It? We now have a hot mic. Hot mic? Yeah, that means your mic is on. Mine's like, mine's like lukewarm. For love of Christ, just do the news. In today's news, <laughs> or tomorrow, <laughs> or according to June headlines, 3rd. Headlines, whatever the fuck we call this crap. So, uh, the mighty iTunes is, is, is maybe, will be, kinda, sorta. Uh, no, they're doing it. Well, the, the so the, the the news that's been spreading. <laughs> there's, a whole reason, there's a whole reasoning. Well, well yeah, but the funny thing is, is all the headlines about this is that like, they they just like you know Fox News it and it's just like, iTunes gonna be removed. They're iTunes. taking away your iTunes. Yeah, like so. I mean, <laughs> well, of course, because they want you to click right, on it. Right, right. Like, but like uh, having well, make it, heard they, the actual the news story on uh, uh was it NPR? I think I was listening to it on. Um, it's actually a long time coming. Like they, they've, they've actually been taking a hit, oh, I'm sure. like year after year, because uh, it's all it's clunky. Yep. Uh, so after 18 years, Apple is killing iTunes. Um, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Fuck you, iTunes. Uh, the media management software for most Mac users and many Windows users is being broken into separate pieces for separate uses. Music, podcast, and television will soon have their own apps on the new Catalina Mac operating system. <laughs> Not to be confused with the Catalina wine mixer. Damn it. <laughs> much different. I thought that's where it was. Much, much different. I'm like, we're all going to get to go to the Catalina <laughs> wine mixer. That looked awesome. So, um... The... Stop so, laughing on the phone. 
<laughs> this is a no I, giggle just, zone. I'm I'm picturing like wine made from Catalina dressing, so I, I don't know. Dude, you don't know the Step Brothers. So, so there there was this, this big issue that uh, people were trying to back up the library because they're afraid they're going to lose it all. So Apple laid to rest the uh, <laughs> mis misapprehension that the iTunes Store, obviously where you purchase your songs. Uh, would be going away in favor of Apple Music. Um, the iTunes Store will remain, as will the music that people bought from it. But Apple did address a long-running complaint from users of the iTunes desktop app. Mainly, it's trying to be too many things at once. Um, it's a weird, it's, I, a, it's a weird complaint because it actually, I mean, it covers everything that it needs to cover because they offered, they sold all of that content under the it, iTunes Store. But it do, it does, but it's it's unnecessary because there are people who only do music, there are people who only do like videos. Um, I think the podcast separating the podcast from the music is a little bit of a step too far. Mm. But I mean, the podcast market is much bigger today than it was when it started. Oh, it's actually interesting. It was on like mobile devices. It's already separated. It's 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 its own app. Yeah, like already they're just making it universal. Like right. so, their podcast app is going to be available. A lot of this is actually affecting really the, just the, de the desktop experience. Yeah, the desktop experience well, is being changed, like because a lot of, but, the, like I said, a lot of the mobile devices. I am an Apple user. I have everything Apple. I have the iPhone. Yeah. I have i. I have multiple iPads. I have the MacBooks. I'm so sorry. Burrito. Don't be sorry. I, I don't hate my life. Not yet. Can um, I turn on you? So I mean, no, I, but I actually kind of like that because you can actually go to like the podcast app and just like search for like, right. general, like general keywords, and you're only going to get podcasts, which it gets confusing when you're in the iTunes. It just store breaks sometimes. up the search. It's it's a, it's its own filter essentially. Right. So like the videos are still going to be there, the movies are still going to be there on the TV. What was concerning was I was actually one of those people initially because like I heard all these headlines and like I reacted to it like holy crap they're like getting rid of iTunes like I'm going to lose like all of this stuff because I have hundreds of dollars like. Of like wrapped up in like actual yeah. iTunes purchases. Well, that was like, that was the issue people were worried about that right. they were going to lose all their shit. But, like, uh, but it's all still there. It's yeah. all still in the yeah. cloud. Mm -hmm. All of your stuff. You know, even getting a new like MacBook and getting back in the iTunes, my stuff was just in the cloud. I just had to re-download it. All the all the stuff I bought, it never went away. I'm wondering if maybe they'll be able to help me out with a uh, a prior Apple ID that may have gone by the wayside. Or that was, could not be logged into for some reason and could not be backed up in all of the movies and music that I had on that. So if anybody from Apple is listening, if you want to give me a buzz, <laughs> I have a ghost account up there with like a lot of movies. <laughs> but, but you got to go all the way to the back of the store and then walk to the front of the store to be sent to the back of the store? To be, <laughs> you talking about the course. actual, the actual live like Apple store? It's experience. very confusing. All you do is walk in and somebody comes at you. It's like, bro. Bro, I just want to press Leave buttons. Leave me alone. I just want to press buttons, man. Leave me alone. Uh, so, uh, funny, uh, due to this, Apple has seen a decline in iPhone sales due to a uh, confluence of factors, including fewer buyers in China and an extended upgrade cycle. Uh, the company has been rebranding itself as a streaming entertainment provider. Um, so it, they freaked everybody out. Yeah, essentially. Like, all of these headlines, like, freaked everybody out. So, like, they all, like, like lost their shit. Pretty much. Um, streaming alone made up to 75% of the music industry's revenue last year. It's so lucrative that music streaming is where one of the fiercest battles against Apple's alleged monopoly is being waged. 
in uh, March, Spotify announced it had filled an antitrust complaint against Apple with the European Commission. Spotify says that 30% of commission on all App Store purchases is unfair because it forces Spotify users to pay more. So I guess it was a little fight between them two. Yeah. Which, I mean, I don't think that would be a reason for Apple to... You know, I mean, I, obviously they have their own reason for doing it. So a lot of the a lot of the functionality that a lot of folks are also like actually worried about, like the the thing with the iTunes app, like on the desktop, like you still have the ability to actually take like hard disk uh, CDs if you had the uh, the proper hardware and uh, wiring connections. You could still actually uh, rip CDs and actually like upload those to I, like iTunes and be able to yep. like incorporate them with your uh, playlist and actually be able to um, go through all of your devices so none of that functionality is actually going away that's actually all going to be available now on like the uh, like the apple music app what it'll look like is one of those things that like remains to be seen but it's like the old that's like the old napster thing you just like you rip all of your music and just mm -hmm. put it like all in like your napster like yep. playlist that way you had all yep. of it plus like all the other tens of thousands of tracks that you stole so they, they ask a question in this article which uh, is by actually NPR, oddly enough, Jay. So this is probably in the same where you okay. read it. Um, but the question they ask, and I want you guys, I want to hear your guys' answers to it. But do you feel that owning music is now being a thing of the past, or becoming a thing of the past? Uh, yes. What do you think, Jay? No. No. No, because I think that as long as people have data limits. That people will down will will own music. I now, the that, moment that's everything point. the moment everything goes to unlimited data, that's yep. it. Like it, 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 sales are no longer relevant. The only reason sales become relevant is to customize playlists, and at this point, all that requires is a subscription. That's a good point. However, seventy to I think there's like sixty, seventy percent of like all of the uh, the cell phone contracts out there actually don't consider the music providers uh, as data usage anymore. Some don't. Um, I know AT and T does because I've listened to Spotify three do. times and it's like, oh shit, your fucking internet's broken. It's like, uh, okay. But at the same time, just slashed Comcast. But it's, slash. yeah. I mean, yeah. That, <laughs> as far as like the data usage, there's ways around that. I mean, you go to a Wi-Fi hotspot, you sure. can actually offload like or upload like the music so that you actually have it offline. And well, it's, not... I got Xfinity, so I hit those Wi-Fi hotspots. Right. All so I mean, there, there's ways around that. I mean, there's no there's no way that that's that stopped because I you know I know years ago like also like my my data usage was going through the roof and like mm -hmm. we're getting like the notifications. Uh, we're gonna turn you off because you're ridiculous. <laughs> You're out of control, sir. It's like, bro, I spend Calm twelve hours down. a day in a freaking tin can on the highway. All right, I need you. So yeah, it'll be uh, it's uh, this this whole iTunes thing isn't as crazy as people were pointing that out to be. No, it's just mis no, it's, it's misinterpreted. It's just them catching up. It's them catching up with the times, honestly. And right. It's, it's not often you get to say that about Apple. I mean, how like, often do you see an app that's everybody, 18 years everybody old? Everybody else has their services separated. So you know what the bummer like, about it is? Speaking from an artist's point of view, the bu the bummer about it is is going to be that the um, 
So the fact that uh, iTunes was actually still selling tracks at like the ninety nine yeah. cents and a dollar twenty nine, the royalties on those were actually a lot higher than a lot of these uh, streaming services. Ones. In fact, Apple Music is actually like the highest when it comes to like streaming music like already like almost by I mean if you want to compare it to Spotify they, they pay out double the royalties that Spotify has now we're talking point zero zero seven three of a cent right. per play <laughs> right but that's compared to Spotify and Amazon which is at respectively point zero zero four three and point zero zero four zero there was actually still some royalties still getting paid out from like the iTunes like store so it was actually beneficial for for bands to actually promote their albums like on the iTunes store and like to go and specifically buy which they did say is still gonna be an option on Apple Music it's like one of those things like okay so it'll be there who knows like what hoops you have to like jump through to actually like we won't know until the fall obviously like when all of this like they have their convention in the spring and they don't release any of these new products until the fall but who knows like the hoops that you're gonna have to jump through to actually get to the point where you can actually physically buy an album or a, or a, a single but i mean that option is still gonna be there so right. maybe it's one of those things everybody just calm down <laughs> Pretty much. Us, well, I mean, us Apple know. people, I mean, we're they, fine. You know what? Get off my network. That's fine. It'll run that much, you know, a lot the, smoother than for me. Yeah. <laughs> the thing is, is thing things are changing, and I mean, in kind of a, you know the whole data thing. I don't know if you guys have seen like what 5G can do, and 5G will actually be unleashed. I heard it'll give us cancer. Um, I heard it'll be cancer for days. Like we're all gonna drop dead. Uh, it's going to be the start say, of like, the zombie apocalypse. Bring it on. A 10, what was it? I think it was like a 10 gig movie, HD movie in three seconds. That's it. You know, it's like super exciting, but like I've always been one of those people. Why the fuck do I need a movie on my I was like, my phone? Yeah, no, I'm the same way. I, I mean, you can stream to your TV if that counts for anything. Uh, yeah. That's what I do sometimes, like with yeah. YouTube and stuff, yeah, I'm looking yeah. up stuff or whatever. That's pretty much the only way I stream is directly on. Yeah, I can't watch yeah, that been, tiny uh, ass screen unless I'm like laying in bed. But I wouldn't watch a whole movie like that. I've been trying to find a way around my uh, mm-hmm. my obnoxious cable bill. So like me, Apple TV, and like all these streaming services. Mm-hmm. Like Hulu is fabulous. Mm-hmm. Hulu is nice. I'm, I'm, Especially I'm the whole next day kind of deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Like I'm, I'm getting into this. <laughs> but we're getting on top. Per usual. We digress. See. <laughs> is it main event time? Yeah, it could be main event time. This is going to be a silly main event. It's going to be so fucking silly. Let me put a space here. On heavy metal themes or subgenres, heavy metal over a six-pack. One. I think we were live on one Is this one thing there. on? It is now. It is now. So our main event today. It's um, so silly. It is silly. Uh, in, in the music world, you know... It's not all about one thing. It's about many things. And a lot of bands like to use different themes in their music. Or, or you know, the, the bands are based off of, you know, the type of socks that goldfish wear. Something like that. So we kind of decided to uh, do a little research, a little bit of digging, and find some of the weirder slash and, you know, even subgenres here and there. You know, the, 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 the weird and macabre of the uh, music industry. And the kind of weird themes and bands that are out there, and what they do for us. <laughs> yes. See, uh, as, as a guy who grew up on weird music, like 
it's difficult for me to nail down individual artists because I just say go listen to like Doctor Demento. Right. You you you, you want to live on the weird side? Go listen to some Doctor Demento. So the uh, the poly poly fish heads. So the cool thing is like you'll 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 get three I think relatively similar but different points of view on this uh, mm-hmm. on this topic. So it'll be it'll be mm-hmm. interesting because I think Jay said that he, he kind of focused on genres. Uh, Anthony yeah, found some uh, bands. Uh, I actually went out and found some bands. Weird ass shit. I, I have a few bands and I got one uh, YouTube artist. Yes. So who wants to start? Do you want to round robin it? I don't know. That's fine. Okay. I'll start. As long as it doesn't <clears> get too <throat> listy. So uh, originally, I found a band called uh, Unwired Circuitry, which was considered robot metal. And like they were kind of explaining it, but but I right, but I couldn't find the band. The band did not exist. I looked everywhere for it. I could not find it. I found how to use you know, electrical circuits through you know like staples and stuff, but no actual band. So I kind of we, we uh we've talked about this, this guy a little bit, but I kind of wanted to uh, do a, a slight deep dive into him. They're called Compressor Head. Uh, so it it's it's a robot band. Um. Uh, yeah, so Compressor Head is a project of a Berlin-based artist Frank Barnes and collaborators Mark uh, Kolb. Oh, that's all you gotta and, say, German. And Stock Plum, <laughs> consisting of a robot band that plays on real electric and acoustic instruments. Uh, the robots are made from recycled parts and are controlled via a MIDI sequencer. The group is notable for featuring former No Means No member John Wright as the musical director, songwriter, and vocalist. Um. So a small history. First robots, Stick uh, Stick Boy, Junior, Fingers and Bones, uh, were built between 2007 and 2012. And their first live performance was actually held in 2013, Big Day Out Festival in Australia. Uh, the band started out, and I think this is kind of when we when we first were talking about them. Uh, they did covers of bands such as Motorhead, ACDC, Pantera, The Ramones. And the video was huge, and that that's kind of, I think, where we first found them. But, uh, um, so I guess they kind of started, they have their own album that came out in 2017. Uh, so, let's see, uh, John Wright, as we said, um, he is technically the uh, vocalist of the singer. So I imagine he just kind of puts the words in and it you know, goes into the thing. Uh, so that's Mega Watson, that's the lead singer. Uh, fingers is the lead guitarist. He's equipped with two hands and a total of 78 fingers. So Seems I mean, like cheating. I, I feel it is a little bit. Uh, Helgar, <laughs> Helgatar is the second guitarist. Uh, Bones is the bassist. It has two hands, each with four individual fingers, and is mounted on a platform equipped with caterpillar tracks that allows it to move around on stage. Uh, Stick Boy, of course, is the drummer. It has four arms. Uh, to which the sticks are secured, and two legs that play kick drums. It, its head has several metal uh, protrusions that resemble a mohawk hairstyle. And then uh, Junior is an assistant <laughs> to the drummer that operates the hi-hat cymbal. Uh, uh, picturing short circuit. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. A robot band. They're still out today. Uh, They're still, still uh, uh, what's the word, creating music? I don't know if you ever want to use that. About robots yet? Forgive, uh, me, forgive me if I ask you a question that has not been listed. Do they actually play live shows? They do. 
They do. Okay, that's pretty. That's pretty exciting. That'd be. Mm-hmm. That would actually be kind of neat. Yep. That's that's a we need an hour and a half to two hours to set up show. Uh, 2015, the team behind the band started a crowdsourcing uh, campaign on the platform Kickstarter to raise uh, the $290,000 to build the robotic singer. So, <laughs> thanks you, thank you, America and the world, for creating a robot singer. <laughs> Good lord. We just need John Connor involved and we'll be all set. Uh, yeah, so that, that's my first one for you. Uh, Nicely done. Robot. Nicely robot done. Metal. Can't go wrong with robots. I mean, you can. Okay, so I'll take I'll take this into the uh, the world of the nerdy. The the first band that I decided to actually uh, discuss uh, talk about and discuss is a band called Battle Lore. Now, Battle Lore they are available on iTunes and other major streaming services. They are from Finland. They are a Finnish heavy metal band from uh, Lappenranta. They're they actually from found- the land of ice and snow. They were founded in 1999 <laughs> by guitarists. I couldn't resist. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna butcher these names: uh, Yuri. Uh, Van- we're gonna butcher a lot of Van- Vanen names. and bassist uh, Mika Kokala. The name derives from the union of the words battle and folklore. They are a, a themed band based on the J.R.R. Tolkien's Middle Earth sagas. Uh, they have stage costumes and, lar- and uh, live shows are largely inspired by the themes and characters of the fantasy literature. Now, what's cool, 1999 is when this band actually formed, if, uh, if anybody was paying attention. That was actually before the movies came out. Yeah, so it's based off the books. So it's, ba- it's actually based off, like, the stories and the right. books and, like, the visual elements or, like, whatnot. Like, they had to actually, like, come, like come up with themselves they didn't have the uh the, the movies the or visual whatnot representation to, to necessarily uh, I, wa- I wonder if they do a cover of leonard nimoy's uh the ballad of bilbo baggins um i don't see it on their playlist see neither of you have ever heard that song otherwise you'd be laughing <laughs> <laughs> well you forgot to tell me what the funny part was it's leonard nimoy spock so yeah. th- from Star Trek. <laughs> Thanks. So their fir- their, fir- their first demo and record was actually cut between the uh, I mean the the demo started in 1999 obviously uh, like upon inception and their first full length album was released by 2004. Uh, they've had one two. Sorry, I don't have this right in front of me. At least uh, at least three albums that they've actually like come up with. Music actually isn't bad. It's got like that cool like I mean they it has like the opery like there's a there's a sure. male there's a male and a female vocalist. Um, they are currently a one two three four five six seven piece band. There's a lot of pieces. Um, so they they're kind of they're kind of like that that Finnish dark melodic death metal, like a little bit of folk, a little bit of goth, sure. and even like a little bit of power. Like but it's actually aesthetically pleasing. It's not it's not it's not bad stuff. Not overkill. No, not at, all, not at all. I wonder if they have to get licensing for that. Well, you see, it's like it's like one of those things. It's kind of like when we talked to um, when we talked to uh, the the gentleman from like Watch Houston. We said, well, you name your your beers after like famous stuff. It's like all you gotta do is like change the spelling just like enough, yeah, where it's not right. the same thing. So I mean, it's based on the fantasy literature, but I don't think it's about said fantasy okay. li- literature. Well, that's like Galactic Empire with the Star Wars. They just tweak everything just a little bit. Yes. So they're not getting. Yeah. When the when the movies first came out, there was a slew of like new agey 
people with like you know just that they had a computer and a MIDI board like just making Tolkien themed music. Sure, sure. <clears throat> and they uh, they do brand themselves Hobbit metal. So I mean, if they were um... beautiful. All right, they they win. <laughs> Hobbit like metal. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. Just uh, just a g- really quick to go over like the style and influences. Like I'm, I'm basing this off of, like their uh, their, their wiki. Uh, ba- uh, Battle Lord mixes female vocals with harsh male growling in Beauty and the Beast duets, backed by heavy guitar riffing and occasional keyboard interludes. Like that Beauty Beast, Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, that's a that's a neat that's, that's a neat description a, yeah. for for like something that. like that. Uh, according to their actual MySpace space website, <laughs> um, MySpace. they uh they, they draw influences from uh, Bolt Thrower, Emperor, The Gathering, uh, Kios, Kios, Kus. Somebody's yeah, gonna yeah, yeah. somebody's gonna stab me in the dick for not being able to pronounce that because I know that they're huge. Uh, Black Sabbath, Morbid Angel. Catonia, Anathema, My Dying Bride, Iron Maiden, Wasp, Zach Wild. So, I mean, they're talented people. Oh, actually, I'm sorry. So, like what I said, what I was saying before, Battle Lord's lyrics are about Middle Earth characters and events described by the British Arthur J.R.R. Tolkien in the Lord of the Rings trilogy of the books and in the Silmarillion? Yes. No, I'm not familiar with that. Yeah. Yes. Silmarillion's the yeah yeah. It's the book he he never he didn't finish. Yeah. Uh, more lyrical inspiration comes from medieval literature and the uh, Calavella, starting with the album Evernight. Uh, the band deliberately decided not to use names or places taken from the imaginary imaginary of Tolkien, although his works remain the main inspiration for their lyrics. Hmm. So, kind of like what we were just saying change it just enough where it's not right right exactly not complete plagiarism we're not just you're not reading off the, off of the novel uh, <laughs> you the, sing the song the uh the, the same inspiration marks the band's distinctive pseudo medieval stage show in which each member is dressed up in costumes and fantasy makeup to look like ferocious warriors dirty thieves or beautiful female elves <laughs> thank you battle lore for being you being you <gasps> Go ahead, Jay. Hit us up with a genre. A subgenre. Uh, see, it's the uh, robot metal, Hobbit metal. Although I gotta say, I, I do enjoy the Hobbit metal. Like, that's a nice little quirky name. Uh, I, it's all bullshit. <laughs> Subgenres are bullshit. Okay, buddy. And. This first subgenre goes to saying I, I don't believe in sub- subgenres. I think. Are you drinking whiskey again today? <laughs> no, no, I'm on the uh, the. It's the hopped up on the cubes. <laughs> had some chocolate milk earlier. It was fabulous. Um, or Nyquil. <laughs> so. I thought it was a quick. We have unblack metal. Uh, this is the. I have read about this when I was actually doing research. I saw this. I was like, ah. Uh, it is a subgenre of Christian metal. Now, why you have to say unblack metal is a subgenre of Christian metal? Because it'd be horribly racist to call it white. <laughs> white like, metal. I, I don't. <laughs> Caucasian metal. Yeah, that's got its own non-Hispanic. Like. <laughs> I, I wish to not specify metal. <laughs> oh. I identify um, metal. <laughs> it, but as 
wiki defines it. Unblack metal, sometimes called Christian black metal, is a genre of music that is stylistically black metal, but whose artists promote Christianity in their lyrics and imagery. So Christian metal. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, yeah. It, honestly, it's it ex- it's exactly what it is. It's it's just it's not black metal, but it, it's like a reverse. And this and this goes and I picked them because this illustrates one of the reasons why I dislike subgenres because subgenres have become a way let me cram some terms or noises or something together so that I can distinguish myself amongst the pack Right. it doesn't mean anything but I'm just trying to distinguish myself amongst the from everybody else. Trying to like, be you play metal music. It doesn't need to go any further than that, as far as I'm concerned. Okay. Um, because then you get things like this unblack metal. Unblack metal. <laughs> yeah, we, we we mentioned this like when we did when we did the episode when we were trying to like define a generation kind of a thing where everybody's like drive is to be unique. Something that has hasn't I, come out before, but the problem is like there's so much stuff out there. It's like that's, and that's nearly awesome. impossible. So now you got to do like something stupid. Like I got to like create like refrigerator metal. But the thing is, is you don't get to create your own subgenre. Like these bands come out immediately going, we're our own kind of music. No, 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 no. Like music decides where you belong, not you. Play your music and let the fans will come to you that like you. Do you have like a uh, do you have uh, examples of this unblack metal? Uh, let's see. Um, uh, trying to see if they have like a a uh, outbreak monkey band. <laughs> that better be the name of it. Outbreak monkey band. Outbreak uh, monkey the exact band. beginning of the Christian black metal movement is disputed. The Australian band Horde, uh, 1994 album, uh, brought the concept and the term holy on black metal to media attention. Norwegian band Ancestor, Antestor, as it's written, formed in 1990 as a death doom act. Um released its demo to feed of satan in 91 so uh you got them then there are other bands crimson moonlight admonish and frost hard feel like our uh back in my pagan days i feel like our uh plea of insanity guys brought them up at one point i i honestly i i feel like that it this is Completely and utterly just for marketing purposes. Very possible. Um, I don't think the black metal community it, it, is really worried about their marketing. It's also very without true. without the no, respect. No, not at all. Like they just do their thing. But like something like the unblack metal, like you're you're trying too hard. <laughs> it's and that's why it comes off as weird to me. Refer all hate mail like, to at J. Yeah. At bring hmy6packgmail.com if you are a black or bring it. listener. Oh, a black metal? Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. I said unblack. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's only because we can't call it white metal. 
We'd be, well, we'd, we'd, we'd be I mean, crucified. Honestly, uh, yeah, I'll take on the black metal well, fans Well, they, they have like I mean, Christian metal. The, the worst thing have... I gotta worry about the black metal fans is them cutting themselves. I mean, come on. Oh, they'll just burn down something. <laughs> yeah, but it'll usually just theirs. So. Not necessarily true. Anyway, uh, I'm give gonna move a on to mine. Give us a band. Oh yeah, no, he did give us a band. <laughs> no, I was talking about you. Oh, okay. I thought you were you. Sorry. Me. I'm sorry, me. <laughs> I know this is radio. We're not. We can't see each other. So I'm gonna fuck this up. Something face. Do it. Mm. Mm. Hang on. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I had to get all the out because it, it gets in the way. With that many vowels in, in a name, I don't know. Uh, Fjörschwans, which, according to them, means cock on fire. Uh, that sounds terrible. Depends, depends you are. are they, they sound like a band that would tour with Rammstein. Probably. So they're a medieval comedy band from... Erglin, Franken, Germany, consisting uh, of members of Fiddler's Green and Merlon's Litcher. Uh, their lyrics make fun of other, more serious medieval bands like Shanmal, In Extremo, and Corvus Corax. Uh, the band was I established in 2004, performed their first concert in May of that same year, and released five full-length Wait. albums and a mini-CD. Wait, Corvus Kovacs was the name of the song? The band. That was one of the okay, medieval uh, bands that they made fun of. Okay. Wow, they made fun of Corvus I like huh? those guys. So, I mean, <laughs> these guys, they dress up weird parts. They, they have a bagpipe player, which is fancy. But essentially, it's, it's I feel like it's more of a visual uh, situation where they dress up as medieval dudes and just make <clears> fun <throat> of each other. Unfortunately, it's, it's all in German. Like, they have no English think, music I'm whatsoever. Sorry. So, I mean... They just released a double disc in 2018. And, uh... So, uh, I was actually looking through. They had an, an interview with them. And, uh... So, uh, like, the way the interview was done was actually through Google Translator because they don't actually speak any English whatsoever. <laughs> so, it was kind of funny because they were asking, do you want to, you know do English and they're like you know probably not because we like the language we speak um but uh yeah and they're, I mean they're, they're funny they're, they're they're not meant to be serious obviously but they have I mean all the instruments they use are all real you know what I mean and they always make funny sounds and whatnot and they're kind of catchy they're not they're not terrible but yeah, and like one's dressed up like a knight, one of them's dressed up like a like a jester. It's very interesting. It's some. It's like a Kama Ramstein with folk metal behind oh, it. Yeah. It's like if if Weird Al and Ramstein made Ramstein and Weird Al made like a, a baby. It's sweet love. Oh good lord. This is pretty that much I feel like what you would get. That sounds awesome to me. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. It's not a bad sound to be honest with you. No, they're not terrible. The, the song that we're listening to in the background is called Sex is Mus. I mean, that seems important. Mus, M-U-S-S. Yes. Don't know if that's must in German. Maybe. I should brush up on my German. Yeah. So they're fun. They're kind of like a weird medieval uh, clown comedy-ish. The lead singer on their, uh, ba their, their profile band on Spotify looks like Aladdin. Maybe he is. I don't know. Just saying. It's very, it's very possible. <laughs> Their new album. Yeah. 
Hey, Marcus, what do you got? Okay, so sometimes like bands don't necessarily have to be silly, but like you know what, they they can actually produce like some actual serious music. Well, wasn't the classification weird? Inspired by, yeah. let's say, I don't know, gore grinders such as Carcass. Gore grinders? Yes, gore grinders. I feel like go- you know what I feel like gore is what you get out of a grinder, right? And so and so, this this is why I hmm. I chose to do subgenres for my stuff. Because I knew I was going to pick on your subgenres. All right, so the ba- so the band the band is uh, so they actually classify themselves as gore grind, a gore grind band. Who, in their own words, they exist for the sole purpose of recreating the sound of early Carcass albums. Okay. So, the band is also known. This band is actually known to not do any live shows at all. All the current members have graduated with an MD in medical school or are currently taking medical school classes, hence the name of the band. They are called the County Medical Examiners. These are physicians turned gore grinders. Hmm. Formed in 2001, the band's original lineup consisted of Dr. Morton Fairbanks on guitar and vocals, Dr. Jack Putnam on drums and vocals, and Michelle Hayes on bass and vocals. Michelle Hayes, according to uh, Dr. Fairbanks in an old interview, uh, first exposed to the band when, as a part of her bro- as a part of her probation due to a DUI charge, she toured the morgue where Dr. Fairbanks worked. Soon after, they got together and recorded the EP, Feeded Putrescent Whiffs, which only saw a limited release, unfortunately. Um, they did get a record deal through Razorback Records, where they recorded their full-length album, uh, which was Forensic Fugues and Meaty Collegial Medleys. Not long after the album's release, Michelle left the band to devote time to medical school, and she was replaced by friend and colleague Dr. Guy Radcliffe. So every one of the people that come from this band... Radcliffe? Is he related to the Harry Potter actor? I can Daniel Radcliffe? No? Uh, Dr. Guy Radcliffe, by the way. So let's see. She played it's what? Neviosa. She was she was a bassist and vocalist. When Dr. Guy Radcliffe joined the band, he was reportedly around the age of sixty. Ah, going in late. That's fine. It happens. Current lineup when they record a split LP, an EP, and a second full length album, Olidius Operatus. <laughs> so all of their albums. I mean, look at Christopher <laughs> Lee. He was making metal when he was like seventy. So so, so they have Whatever. a lot of. Crazy uh, medical terminology in their music, but they're all based on the music of Carcass. They want to recreate Carcass. All right. Which Carcass is black death metal. Not unblack death metal, Jay, just black death metal. <laughs> See? There you go. <laughs> See? I mean, they were called Carcass for Christ's sake. Christ so it, doesn't, it doesn't get any blacker than that. I like my wheels to be square. Uh, they, are found on, they are found on Spotify. We are actually. Uh, Listening to them in the background. It's kind of fun. I don't yes. know. It's silly. So, yes, physicians turned gore grinders. Beautiful. The county medical examiners. Beautiful. You're welcome. Jason, what you got? Okay. Well, in the same kind of vein as uh, uh, you guys have have laid forth in a... a Come forth, giving me like a, a some mocking type of bands. I'm mocking anything. Uh, These are real bands, man. Well, no, no, no. I mean, in terms of like they they, they do things. Uh, Anthony's the the band that Anthony chose. They do it to poke fun at those guys. 
like of the bands that they choose to. Um, okay, fair enough. But Crabcore. Um, and <laughs> as far as I can tell, like that. As far as I can tell, Crabcore is not necessarily a legitimate subgenre that was given to the subgenre that it's considered. It's more um, or less the visual aspect. Actually, isn't it? Well, it's more like it's more a mocking term about the visual aspect of it. Crabcore um, is an crab internet core, meme that originated in 2009, yeah. mocking metalcore guitarists who squat low with their legs spread in a crab-like stance while performing. Have <laughs> <laughs> you ever seen uh, the music video for Stick Stickly by Attack Attack? That would be your... That's actually uh, one of the bands that are referenced. Like, almost exactly. Immediate. That's the first time I ever saw it. Uh, well, they say video? it became most famous by Robert Trulio from Metallica. It was also referenced on uh, South Park. Yes, it was. Yeah, of course. And it's gotten, like, some pretty wide... Like, let's put it this way. Rolling Stone, Houston Press, and NPR have talked about it. I guarantee they have never talked about unblack metal. <laughs> so this has gotten more and more uh, headway than the, uh, the un and it's metal. all And it's all based on a mocking term right. for... Well, that's America you know, for you, so... Yeah. Um... So you want, I mean, that, that, that rates as weird to me in terms of weird, weird music, weird style. Um, I don't, I'm curious to know if like bands get reclassified as crab core. Right. Uh, you, you probably do. I'm sure they do. Because a member does it. <laughs> like does Metallica become crab core instead of thrash? Are they crab thrash? All right. So. In the, in the Wikipedia article, music associated with Crabcore and the use of the term itself has been met with criticism. On July 13, 2009, former Attack Attack vocalist Nick Barham was asked about Crabcore in an interview with Hard Times and said that the band was embraced the meme as a publicity stunt. In a 2010 interview with Village Voice Media, the band reiterated, people call us Crabcore, we just roll with it, it's funny. As you were saying, Jay, uh, let the let the people pick your kind of music, and there you go. Pretty much. They, they did mean, just that, that. Well, see, the thing is, is that like he could get all they could get all pissy about it, but then they look like pretentious assholes. Pretty much. Pretty much. Um, In 2011, the South Park episode "You're Getting Old" aired parodying tween wave music such as crabcore. <laughs> In 2016, uh, Abandon All Ships basis, Martin Broda tweeted, hashtag defend Crabcore just prior to the release of their single, Lofting. <laughs> it's amazing. Uh, it really is. It's, I mean... Members of the band Legion often perform dressed in crab costumes and imitate the typical stance. See? So that, that's Crabcore. They should all dress in crab costumes and just... I, like, that's exactly... You're, you're absolutely correct. <laughs> Many do it, do it right. Same. Many other bands have, re have been referred to as Crabcore for featuring a similar stance in musical style, including Asking Alexandria huh? and This Romantic Tragedy. Crabcore has sometimes been associated with electronicore characteristics, auto-tuned vocals, and excessive breakdowns, one after the other. Huh. It's a spread, I must. Merchandise featuring the meme is sold through Amazon and other online stores. <laughs> yes, you need to know that. <laughs> Oh, Lordy. 
All right, so um, my next one is a band known as Karach and Gren. They're a symphonic black metal from the Netherlands. Um, so what I thought was cool about these guys is uh, all of their studio albums are concept albums. Every one of them. And they're all based off of ghost stories and folklore. Which, I mean, that's totally in my wheelhouse anyways. Like, I enjoy the, the spooky stuff. Um, kind of a cool side note. Uh, the, how they set themselves apart from the other symphonic black metal is that uh, they other songs use multiple languages apart from English. They have French, German, Dutch. So, I thought that was kind of cool as well. Uh, the name itself means Iron Jaws, which Mark is going to you here, in the Elvish language of Sindarin, and is the name of a fortified past into Northwest Mordor in J.R.R. Tolkien's <laughs> Lord of the Rings. Yar. Yeah, we are. What is not a pirate? More uh, proof that most metal metal guys are dorks. It's usually the case. Definitely all nerds. Uh, so their first EP... Uh, don't don't the be jealous, Jason. The Chase Vault Tragedy. I'm uh, not saying there's a problem with it. Which is a concept album about the Chase Vault mystery that tells of coffins that mysteriously moved. And then uh, the second EP covered the story of the Brown Lady, at which the point where they picked up by Matting Media. So that was the one that got them their thing. So it's kind of neat. I mean, I almost all of their songs, all the lyrics, they tell stories. The, the way that the songs are put out, some songs are in there all of like 30 to 45 seconds just to reiterate the story. So it's, it's pretty much black metal audiobooks. I guess that's what they should. That should be audiobook metal. Would make more sense. Uh, but uh, yeah, so I mean, they have a few different albums, but they're all they're all concept albums. And I know Jay, you, we've we've kind of semi talked about concept albums, how they're either make or break you kind of deal. Yeah, I mean, I'm a sucker. I'll give. But a, but a the concept fact album the listen. fact that that these guys are all concept albums is pretty kind of neat. It's very much a what is it? Uh, what's their name? The Damn. Um, welcome home. Shit. That's a weird name for a band, but now. Coheed and Cambria? Okay, yeah. Yes. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, that, like, they took it the next step and their entire band is a concept band. Right. Just going, is- I'm just going through the album names. Death Came Through a Phantom yep. Ship. This is No Fairy Tale. Dance and Laugh Amongst the Rotten Deluxe Edition. Deluxe Edition. <laughs> they get a few videos too, but it's cool. Uh, they're all they're all based off a story. Which I mean, I coming from a band in high school where our first album was an entire story, lyrically, from A to Z. It's it's cool. I like it. I thought it was neat that it was almost like a storyteller kind of deal, in black metal form. Which normally black metal you don't. It's usually in the satanic. But these guys are art. They don't have the, the satanicness behind them. So it's cool. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Very nice. The um, right, I'm getting hungry, Marcus. What do you got for me? Oh, you want me to do that one? That's next? a weird. Yeah. That's a weird. You want, you want, you want me to you want me to segue into this one? Yeah. Okay. okay so this is actually a YouTube artist. <laughs> no, I just make segues so we can ride them around. Yes. Oh boy. 
Oh, there it is. Never mind. I didn't lose my page. Okay, so the the uh, the artist in question here is uh, Lindsey Ray. Lindsey Ray is uh, most known as a metal vocalist and a singer songwriter for of the Anchor. Um, she's a Sounds heavy. she's a female hardcore vocalist. But what we are going to uh, focus on today is her work in Metal Kitchen. So Metal Kitchen is a series of YouTube videos where Lindsey Ray actually takes songs from other metal artists, which I will I will give you some examples like in a few moments. And she actually metalcore vocals recipes. Like legit recipes. So if you watch the video, you can actually see her singing along with the recipe being prepared. And in the comments will actually be the print recipe. That way you can make said recipes at home. So it's the, like an all-in-one package. So there's, there's, there's actually quite a few videos out there. there her, the, uh, the most notably, like the most, like the most famous one, is, um, is uh, the cover of The Ghost Inside Makes Shepherd's Pie. <laughs> okay. And... <laughs> All right. I like it. Whoops. So <laughs> now, this, do, does she do oh, the music Lord. herself too, or is it just over the? I believe it's just overdubbed. Okay, I, I believe because um, there 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 were a couple that like That's why I, it's on YouTube and not yeah. Yes, so she sense. actually just takes like the music. So she took she took like the, a Ghost Inside song, and and yeah, she just metal screams like a recipe, and it's flawless. So you got to be real quick when you make this, right? Trying to keep up. Well, that's why they, <laughs> oh they they actually give you the print recipe as well, so you can just follow along. Like she either said waffle or French fries. I don't know. <laughs> oh. I'm gonna do both. And I also I actually believe like all the videos are actually lyric videos. So like while okay like while she's actually screaming her lyrics, you can actually see like what she's saying. I think that's actually kind of sometimes the comical part. Like because she'll add like little nuances, is like put a lot of butter. You know we want butter. Everybody loves butter. <laughs> I mean, that, that's that's pretty creative that you can somehow take a song and change it to actually match an already made recipe. So you know I mean, that's, it takes a, it takes some some planning. And for what it's worth, her shepherd's pie looks bomb. <laughs> I mean, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I so, hope so. Uh, All the, the work put into it, yeah. So the the Ghost Inside makes Shepherd's Pie by Lindsay Ray is uh, it was easily her most watched vi uh, video. It's got one point six eight seven million views. Good for her. So that's how you make a living. Um, she has other videos out there. Uh, for today makes a birthday cake. Uh, Lamb of God makes Thanksgiving dinner. Dinner. Dimmer. 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 Lamb of God makes Thanksgiving dinner. Attack Attack makes crab core gum go <laughs> gumbo. CJ, they know they know what's going on. <laughs> oh, Born Lord. of Osiris makes ratatouille. Miss May I makes black bean burgers, and that's too bad. Atreyu makes spaghetti and meatballs. That's strange. As done to, shit, I forgot. Um, I've not heard that one. Now I have to find it. Damn it! Wait. What song was it? Shit, I forgot. You just told me. No, it's not what it was. Oh. Um. Dee -dee 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 -dee. Who's sleeping on my... No. Yeah, who's sleeping on my bed tonight? Um. Yeah, that one. I, 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 I have an idea for her if she's listening. 
<laughs> if she's listening. She should do condiments done by System of a Down. I was going to say, yeah, the, the pizza pie song, right? Catch up. Yeah. Put a little mustard on the table. <laughs> uh, the crimson? See, yes. I'm sorry. Like the, you know there's some relish in there somewhere. <laughs> Only if you relish the moment. But That's beautiful. Beautiful. I like it. That's, that's and cool. Since, and since this is radio and I have to describe what I'm seeing, Lindsay Ray, she's actually kind of a cutie. Hey, good for her. Just saying. All right. Not that it matters. But. See, in like radio, we just matter what we look like. Yes. We have a face for radio. Yes. <laughs> All right, Jay, what do you got? <laughs> a face for radio, apparently. <laughs> Could be worse. <laughs> So next. You can have hands for um, a foot model. Okay. Um, so here's another odd subgenre. Porno grind. Uh, porno grind, also known as porn grind. Or I've, I've heard of a lot of these bands, and they have quite the names. It's just, uh, again, unnecessary. Unnecessary. Uh, musical Mike Kishana off, offshoot of gore grind. Yeah. But that's not required. Um, what's mostly required is that the lyric, that it lyrically deals with sexual and pornographic themes. Um, Funny side story, Jay. I, I wanted to do an episode uh, off of like. Like some of the craziest like shirts, like band shirts from you know a lot of these bands, and like uh, I went through like three or four of them, and I'm like I can't post this stuff because they get Lord, like they what? get they get very very Lords visual. of Acid, Jenna Torturers. Yeah. Um, to, what I find interesting in about this particular subgenre and, and uh, the reason for its uh, unnecessary existence is that a good portion of music is about sex that's weird I thought it was about not sex okay really think about lyrics to most songs love songs so Um, in a reality if you took you know like Molly Crew, would that be porno? Like, this is what I'm saying. Music has dealt with sex and dealt with uh, uh, these topics since the beginning. I guarantee you, one of the first songs ever written by a caveman with a stick on a fucking rock was to get another, get a cave woman naked. I'm just going to agree with Guaranteed. you. I've never interviewed a caveman, so I do not know his motives, but I'm going to I'm just going to agree <clears> with you. You two, you you guys are musicians. You know that there is a good portion of musicians out there. The only reason they do it is to get laid. This is true. This okay. comes off in your music. This comes warrant cherry pie. I thought that was about dessert. Totally, one hundred percent. I can only eat pie when that song's playing. It's weird. <laughs> I like cherry pie. It's kind of tart. It it can be. 
You get it. You get it like a, a black cherry pie with like a little chocolate drizzle on it, and then you're good. Black cherry. Mm, yeah. See. Okay. I, 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 I see the brick you're laying. Uh huh. But sex is a common theme in music. Also it, gets you in the cults either, too. Uh, either subversively, it, like the uh, the point of this is to really just be like, oh, by the way. We're upfront about it. Well, yeah, we know you're upfront about it. You don't actually have to tell us. <laughs> so the the portal grind is, is just a lot. Your lead singer wears a strap on on stage. That's we know that's you're sexually, you know. <laughs> well, porn grind is more uh, violent with it, right? If I'm correct. No, not necessarily. No. It just has to have. Uh, there are some that that deal with violent. That are like castration dark. and whatnot. Right. But it's something, some of them are more simple, more Speed slow. Feet is badminton They're, and stuff like that. I mean, it's it's a overt sexual nature. Right. It, it's really what it is, um, is what makes porn grind or porn. I just get a kick out of some it, of the names of the bands. Cock and ball torture. Exactly. Show mommy your cock and balls. Uh, Gut, I think, is another one of the bands. Uh, I mean, I would consider Lords of Acid, uh, Jenna Torturers, to be these, you know, types of bands sure, as well. Sure, of and, um, they've been doing their their shtick since shtick. the '90s. Um, no pun intended. So it's 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 nothing new, right? Uh, I just find it interesting that they got a throw that porno label right on there of course well you gotta let you know what you're uh, what you're selling I suppose <laughs> uh so anything else Jay is that it for yours that's I mean <laughs> that's pretty much it it's a simple one you know yeah I get you uh so for mine my last one uh I found I've heard of these guys uh, prior to uh they're called Van Canto and um, so they're a German capella metal band. So, founded in 2006 and composed of six singers and a drummer. Uh, although the group is often classified as a capella assemble, they use real drums in their music instead of the vocal percussionists or, and or beatboxing. So they play a capella with classic heavy, uh, comma, power, and uh, symphonic metal influence, creating what they call hero metal a cappella. So yeah. Okay. So essentially, if if you took like, what's that really famous a cappella group? They do like a uh, <laughs> harponics, har, har, something like that. Oh, pe- pentatonics. Pentatonics, and you just made the metal, is what you'd get. So. Uh, only two of the six singers perform lead vocals. The other four instead use their voices to imitate guitars and the bass. With the help of amplifiers, it is an intent to sound closer to the original instrument. Uh, they do a cover of Master of Puppets. And it's pretty intense. <laughs> exactly. Uh, it's, I mean, this, the, it's, this fear of the dark that's playing right now is pretty awesome. Too. <laughs> <laughs> it's cool because... I like the fact that they have an actual drummer, 
because I mean beatboxing is one thing, but if you're gonna make metal music, you can't have a dude go do 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 do. It just would sound weird. So I think the the actual drummer gives it a little bit of a twist on it. But they're fun. They're they're very interesting. Oh, the master of puppets cracks me up. It's I mean, if you haven't heard of them, I mean, definitely definitely check them out. They're, uh, they're, they're actually they're, okay to listen to. Like it's, okay. not, it's not like, annoying. It's like not. at all, it's it's comical to the to like a certain extent, but it's actually impressive. It, it yeah. Like if I saw this playing in like a high school auditorium. By the way, they cover it in Metallica's battery. Fun fact. Sweet, sweet. <laughs> they are. Uh, they were actually. They do live shows too. They were on Whack in 2008 festival. They have multiple albums. It's very interesting. It makes you giggle a little bit because you're trying to, to follow like the, the, the rapid guitar. It's like, as, as you can hear from Marcus's reaction to it. But uh, I don't even, you know. <laughs> but yeah. So a, as they call themselves, a, a cappella metal band, a German a cappella metal band. And that's all I got for you. Marcus. Yes. <laughs> That's you. <laughs> yes, I'm coming. That back. was my segue. Uh, I got you. All right, so the... the, the, the <laughs> I gotta change this. I can't focus. you're gonna Follow keep giggling. <laughs> you're gonna keep giggling. I am, because this is great. Um, <coughs> I don't feel like... I'm sorry. Weird. Okay, so this band, that, the, the band that I'm actually going to talk about is, um, it's it's not necessarily unknown. Like, I think a lot of people actually know this band. It's, uh, I want to talk about Brugeria. Brugeria is a Mexican extreme band formed in Tijuana, Mexico, 1989. Um, what's fun about the band Brugeria is kind of like their, their, like, secret little, um, concept that they try to, that, so... They've, they've always sold themselves as a band that's uh, Mexican drug lords in hiding. So so if you go see them, are they still in hiding? Well, the, the thing about them, like, especially like in the early days, they used to actually like play shows and like the different aliases and like whatnot. Like, so like, I guess I'm not sure how their marketing would actually work out. Like I, I was kind of like reading about this. It's like, okay, so they would go play shows under like different names but I guess you would know it's Brugeria that you're seeing but they would change the name of the band because like they're Mexican drug lords in hiding so huh. they can't necessarily be identified so they're like an illegal El Nino so <laughs> yeah so portraying a Mexican image and with a heavy anti-American stance oh boy the majority of the band's members are Mexican born with some being American Swedish or British uh, some of the famous uh, Dino Cazares of Fear Factory and uh, drummer uh, Raymond Herrera, also of Fear Factory, as well as uh, Billy Gold, Nicholas Baker, Jeff Walker, and Shane Embury. Uh, so this is what I was uh, They perform under uh, pseudonyms and portray themselves as a Latino band consisting of drug lords, conce concealing their identities due to being wanted by the FBI. In videos and photographs of the band, they are known for wearing bandanas and um, are often shown wielding machetes. I feel like this is a band that doesn't isn't worried about like what's the thing uh, like marketing. I feel like if you know about them and you know the idea behind them, 
That's all you need to know. Yeah, they got that weird cult following. Like, it, new, like, exactly. And some of their stuff is actually pretty good. <laughs> if you want, if you're into that Mexican drug slinging, uh, anti-American thing, music. Yeah. Hmm. Terrorist metal. Why would why would why would Mexican drug lords be anti-American? That's where they sell all their drugs. I, say, I mean, yeah, I guess so. He's got a he's got a point there. I, I didn't come up with this, bro. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fair, fair just statement. Thought. I just um, work here. So having known <laughs> having known of Brugeria, like I was actually surprised to, to learn that they were actually formed as early as 1989. They do uh, they do uh, consider themselves uh, death metal, grindcore, extreme metal, and um, they are they've had three different uh, labels: uh, something called Cool La Rue, Roadrunner, and uh, Nuclear Blast. Like like all the record labels. Yeah, so they, they they have a release on the Nuclear Blast. They had a couple of releases on their uh, Roadrunner, and okay. I, I don't know anything about this Kularu. Hmm. Maybe I'm not supposed to know anything about this Kularu. Probably well, best that way. Pro- the, the FBI is probably going to come in here now that I uh-huh. said it out loud. With their men in black and their weird lipstick. Yes. Dun, dun, dun. So yeah, it's actually. I just thought it was like a silly story, like like a band that's actually like relatively well known, but they have like this like little thing that you have to kind of keep track of. Jay, just so you know, if the FBI does show up, just because you're not here, I'm still going to give them your address. I will roll over on you like something fierce. Yeah, whatever. By the way, Jay, what's your address? There we go. (laughs) (laughs) For for, uh, podcast purposes. (laughs) Current address and social security number, please. (laughs) Yeah. Is that it? Uh, is that all we brought? Uh, Jay, I think you got one more. Oh right? no, I, I, the last one isn't a genre. The last one is a band. Okay. I don't recall any of us ever talking about these guys. Um. But uh, have either of you ever heard of Clowncore? Uh, hmm. No. Maybe? I don't know. They they have been dubbed the weirdest band in the world. So is it the band is called Clowncore? Clowncore. Okay. Because that, that could also be a, a quote-unquote subgenre. They're actually, I guess, considered rock, but um, they're a little harder than that. <clears throat> uh, their record label... Uh, the name of their record label is the emoji sign for a penis. Is that a real record label? <laughs> it's I mean, that's... like a eggplant. No, no, no! Like eight equal uh, sign equal sign equal uh, sign. Okay, I was gonna say it's like, gotcha. it's an emoji. Like that's like the eggplant emoji, isn't it? Depends on your ethnicity. ASCII. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but... <laughs> they haven't made a cucumber one yet, so I'm not part of this. Emoticon. <laughs> we all float down here. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. Really? I, I honestly don't. They defy genre. Do they dress up as said clown? Oh, yeah. They're, they like crazy ass clown masks. Is like it like, a, like demonic um, clown nonsense? They... Looks like we have a kind song of. called Scheduled Diarrhea. That's impressive. <laughs> their, their big hit that's, is that's called planning. Hell. Their big hit is called Hell. Uh, what's the other one? Toilet? 
And it looks like they do all their videos in um, the weirdest band uh, in the world. They're a duo. Um, There's two of them. They're a duo, correct? Yeah, they're not metal at all. They're like electronic. I don't know, man. They're, it sounds uh, like he's, that the sounds guy's like playing that. a saxophone. <laughs> they got drums up in there. It looks like he's playing a pizza. Dude, he's playing in a porta potty. They all they playing. <laughs> that is that is insanitary, all, sir. All their all their videos are filmed in the porta potty. Good for them. Um, this hit, the album's called Toilet. Hit the ass. Is there a vocalist in here somewhere? They like diarrhea though. There's another song here, Diarrhea Inferno, Welfare, but something. Which pussy? Oh, Diarrhea <laughs> Infernal Welfare Burrito. Google your own death. The death. Area 51 <laughs> snack bar sucks. I, I am a fan of scheduled diarrhea. Fart barf? Brendan Fraser. <laughs> Brendan Fraser. <laughs> diarrhea Infernal Welfare Burrito. That's fantastic. Ooh. Yeah, yep, Ooh. yeah. Ooh. Sounds kind of pleasant for such a horrible night. Uh. Google your own leaked nudes. <laughs> yeah, buy this album. You have cankles. Softcore viewing party. That sounds fun. <laughs> Something you could do with friends. I guess so. <laughs> I ate a Luna bar and my dick fell off. <laughs> Something wrong with you for finding this. <laughs> no, this is what I wanted. This. <laughs> you passed, Jason. You passed. You have found... The, <laughs> I mean, I say a single ray of light is just shown through the ceiling right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We have found it. Something completely unnecessary. Either that dude's a midget, or that is a big porta potty. It's custom. Oh, is it? I don't know. Oh, he's got a whole drink. Well, with, he has with, a, with, he has all a the, with all the instruments they have in there, you'd assume it's a custom. Well, I mean, the okay. Why would there be a song just called Brendan Fraser? Why not? Well, there we go. Why, why not? Well, the fact that he has like a half drum set and the keyboardist with a microphone in the same porta potty. It sounds eerily. like if I if I turn too fast in a porta potty, I get I get you know wall burn from I, the fucking. I, I, I try like, not to. I try not to touch that porta potty. Like there's a sanit there's in. a sanitizer dispenser in, in there. That's a trap. <laughs> it's just full <laughs> of urine. A sanitizer from hell. How <laughs> oh, it burns! Ah, my skin. Uh. I hate steam. Steam sucks. <laughs> Whoever invented the sanitizer dispenser sucks. <laughs> Ooh. You've damned me to hell. Damnation. <laughs> uh, so, let's see. I just I just picked this up, Jay. You might like this. Uh, mostly using just sax, keyboards, and drums to do a mix punk, rock, death, metal, jazz, and a plenty of other comic relief to create let's a see. sort of cartoon version of Mike Patton era Mr. Bungle. Uh, and... I didn't want to compare them, but and it, it, I agree so. with them on this. And listening to it, they're they're clearly very good musicians. <laughs> just, and you play that, I mean, you know. That's the thing with my dog is a toy. That was well played. I wish the audience could hear that because that would have been perfect. You guys, are welcome. you guys are welcome. 
Evidently, these guys are smart enough to realize that the Porta Potty is a terrible album title. title. <laughs> so they just called it Toilet, I guess. Yeah. Is that the same thing, essentially? This track that we're listening to is called Witch Pussy. But, the, but there are. But there, evidently, there's no clues as to who's behind the clown masks. That's probably uh, Their online presence is limited to a YouTube channel and a Twitter account that is less than a month old. And already, and already three times more follower than us. And this is off of a uh, oh, no. website I don't know of. But I'm finding a video that was uploaded in 2008 by Clowncore. Oh, yeah. We got to get a license so we can start playing music. Yeah. Uh, Looks like they've Patreon.com forward slash HMO86PACK. Go support the cause. Please find this band and support them. Holy God. It's been a long time since I laughed that hard. That was good. I I almost felt like I was going to get sick. I didn't laugh. I would have peed all over your chair. See, and that's what you find when you're looking to make fun of, like... They have a disclaimer, by the way. The Juggalos. This is a trigger warning for anyone who was molested by a clown as a child. <laughs> I mean... I'm hey. glad that's there. I'm very glad because some people... <laughs> some people... That does happen. I wonder if they have like a weird like... Like, you know, scaredness of like clown honks. Like, bramp, ah! Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just like... It's like a bike with like 14 different <laughs> different horns on like a, it. Like, you mean like drive it right into the side you, of like a portal potty? You mean like a menstrual cycle? Oh, God. Isn't but that a kind of bike? We're fucking making fun of them. These guys could probably do like a show right now and 100,000 people would show up for it to watch them play with their laptops and then honk horns. Two minutes and 44 seconds is their longest song. Uh. That's truth and life. Truth and life. Uh. What their, their biggest hit, what hell is like what? Minute 44. Mm, according to this. Well, sometimes genius roughly, does yeah. not have to go very, very far. Yeah. Pizza party is only 38 seconds long. I kind of find that a little bullshit. That's a very short pizza party. Unless it's a slice of pizza and you're the only one. However, I, I did notice there's a... There's a uh, Sad pizza party. There's, yeah, right? a, there's a slight similarity to I ate a Luna bar and my dick fell off and Brandon Frazier. So I think if you put those two together, you're you're over three minutes. Ooh. What if Brendan Fraser ate a Luna bar and his dick fell off? I think that's what they were referring to. Ah, okay, that makes sense. He's fat now. Is he? He's, yep. Poor guy. Yeah, well, life happens, man. He's, Probably hit the sauce broke. pretty hard after all of those box office flops. Running for monies. Uh, mummies. Ah, uh, Christ. What we got left to do today? We, just we gotta, gotta drink some beer. We gotta just... Oh. Were we not supposed to start yet? What? That's weird. All right, beer review. Jay, what are you drinking? Benadryl. By which which brewing company? What do you mix that with? Uh, uh, I mean, you know, Benadryl goes with a whole lot of mixers. Um, Usually a nice shot. Dynatap. Dynatap. (laughs) Rolades. Dynatap. Who actually says that? Nobody actually says. No one says Dynatap? What is it called? (laughs) Dynatap's the brand name. You want to know a funny story? 
So we sell Rolades at work, right? So some guy came up to us and he's like, uh, the Rolades, how do I use them? What, like, what do they do? <laughs> sir, there's a depository. If you have to ask, you need to walk away, sir. <laughs> I was going to say, how do you not? I don't know. They're like firefighters for your stomach? I don't fucking know. That's a good description, actually. Firefighters for your stomach. Thank you, Mike Petro, for, for that being his, his thought. Like, but, like, come on. Because that's usually when I take it's them. Or, like, right in the esophagus. Like right My there. ass burns so bad. Taco <laughs> Bell, <laughs> You just slide the roll aid, the whole roll. Just. There you go. Now your stomach feels good. Your ass hurts, but your stomach feels fine. Uh, Alright, so I was, in, uh, I was in West Boylston today. Sorry for your loss. No, it's fine. Actually, West Boylston. I went to school in West Boylston, so. Yeah, whatever. I mean, I'm just, I'm just coming through work. They have a so. good fish factory. You know, I, fish, I, 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 fishery. I actually find, like, if you go to different spots, like, sometimes there's different beer selection. Mm-hmm. So I figured I would venture out, like, on my way home from work. I was not in a company van by any means carrying all this alcohol. Nope. But um, I actually went into the store, and, like, I was swayed by a gentleman who was actually giving uh, samples away. Samples are nice. Uh, there was a gentleman there from the Lord Hobo Brewing Company over in Woburn, Massachusetts. If you're a Lord Hobo, Lord is that you still Hobo. homeless? No. Yeah. No? You, just you, just, you just live under all the other hobos. Or do you build no, a house out of the other hobos? Yeah, you just you just build up those hobos, man. Fucking right. body heat for days. Hobo you don't even have to yeah. buy oil. It's, that makes fucking, sense. it's, it's like the way to go. Mm-hmm. So okay. I was actually walking out with something from Amherst Brewing Company. So maybe next time Amherst Brewing Company, because uh, this guy actually gave me a sample of the 617 Title Town Hazy Boston IPA. 617 means what? That is the uh, area, area code, code of Boston. That makes sense. Yes. The six one seven. Maybe that's how many people have and eaten bad crab. So we um we're actually uh so me I'm, I'm a big sports buff. So when we when we when we talk about like the six one seven title town, I like you know I get like all all like tingly in my whatever. Um, okay. And we're also doing this podcast episode during uh, Game Five of the uh, the Bruins playoff, which is which is fine. Which is cool. I'm down with that. Which is why I'm wearing my jersey, rocking mm-hmm. it today. But anyway. It was also cold, but that's fine. I was cold, so I had to go put another layer. So I decided to go with the jersey versus the hoodie. Um, 607 Title Town. Uh, it's another. It's it's a. It's got that juicy New England IPA action going on. Like, it's not overly hazy. hoppy. It's, it, it is very hazy. It's a five out of six. It's great. It's good. That was on sale today for thirteen fifty. Thirteen fifty for a four pack. Well, this time next week it'll be eighteen fifty. So I recommend you go buy <laughs> yeah, it Yeah, grab now. it now while you can. Because Lord Hobo really bends you over when it, with the pricing every so often. That's but. why he's the Lord of the Hobos. Yeah, because he just he just oh. has random taxi sex everywhere. Random taxi sex. Yeah. Is that like cash cab? No, it's like a thing. Like if you if you forget your car somewhere in the city, like Hobo is. Or fun. would that be trash cab? I don't know. To the cash cab. Going back, we're going back to the por- porno core. Sorry. Well, between that and the clown core, like I'm just <laughs> in the mood to do something. F- in, in the mood to do something freaky now, man. Like, <laughs> His woman's gonna come home. He's gonna be in a clown costume. Hey. Oh Lord, hobo. Beep beep, Richie. Uh, so so my beer, I was I was debating. I, I haven't done a uh, coffee stout in quite a while. So this one is SOB. Son of a Baptist. Yeah, you guys thought I was going to be inappropriate. It's by Epic Brewing, I believe. Incorrect. It is by Epic Brewing. Okay. 
the cool thing about this, and this is this is kind of what I what I uh, the reason I picked it. Uh, it's brewed with local coffee, but every six pack is brewed with a different local coffee. So on the top, it's one of those weird plastic six packs where they got the weird plastic tops that hook all six together. There's a label on it, and it actually tells you the coffee uh, roaster in which was in said six pack. So this one was Groundswell Coffee. Um, the other one that was there, there's only two in the uh, display thing. Uh, the other one was like aerobic coffee. There's another another different coffee. So it's kind of neat that they're all different. So I think it would be cool to... I mean, I feel like... I don't know if it'd be a collector's thing, but the fact that you'd be able to have a same kind of beer but with different coffee in it, it'd be cool to see the difference. Does that make sense? Yes. It would be. It'd be tough, though, because I wonder how... Like, it's going to be so it's, subtle. That could it be or could it be not? But th- I feel like the consistency would be weird. Like you get it one place, then you get another place. It's gonna be different. Unless you can find, unless there's only like six different coffee roasters that they use, and you know what I mean. You kind of almost like if, if you want to use a, it, our term subgenre would be a sub beer, I guess, or sub coffee. <laughs> I don't know. From what I'm to understand, it's all about how you prep the coffee beans before they get added to the mixture. Right, right. Um, and if everyone's doing it the same way, you're you're going to get the same strength of flavor sure. that the that particular bean will yield. Some are going to be stronger if it's a stronger bean. Of course. I mean, of course. Right. But it will be even in terms of that. Um, but, uh... Yeah, no, no, totally. I, I totally. only say that having the inside scoop and knowing how they prep the beans for right, the beer, right. So. Um, but honestly, I've had a lot of coffee stouts, and originally, I think like episode two or three, I did uh, the uh, Stony Joe, which was like my coffee beer of choice. But I think this one might actually pass the bill. Um, this one's really good. It doesn't have that gnarly, funny endingness to it. It uh, it it uh, subdues pretty quickly. Like when you, when you drink, it, you get the nice coffee flavor, the nice um, you know sweetness of the stout. It's actually really good. I'm gonna give it a six. I really enjoy this beer. Been a long time and it, since. And it's got eight percent alcohol, so this is almost wine. A perfect beer rating. Certified. Banana bread. Banana bread. As uh, actually, you gave you you did give you did give Stony Joe a six point. I did as well. As well. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna have to come up with like a tiebreaker. Okay, we'll duke it out. We'll set up a poll. Okay. We'll let the people decide which but, beer. Yeah, you well, like yeah better. We'll, let, we'll let the people decide which beer that I you like better. I like that. <laughs> Sounds right. Yeah, that's how that's how this world is run, right? <laughs> And after they decide, they have to send you a uh, six or four pack of no, beer. No, and and then both both brewing companies need to get a bunch of medieval weapons and fight to the death. Oh, that would be fucking ooh, sweet. Ooh, I like it. I like it. I like where this is going. With the music of Clown Corba in the back. Well, what if we what if we wanted to go like futuristic? What if we pitted them in like a giant laser tag oh. arena? Yeah, but no one dies in laser tag. It could be lightsabers. Well, I mean, lightsabers. Yes. Have those been perfected yet? We'll figure it out. All right. 
I like where this is going, though. Okay. You just use the, the fluorescent lights. You just smack them with yeah. those. <laughs> Lightsaber. <laughs> Might not die today, but the mercury poisoning will catch up right. with you eventually. Exactly. It's, it's chemical warfare. You're fine. All right. That's it. This debacle's over. Like, share, listen, repeat. Go to our uh, our, our website, hmoa6pack.podomatic.net. Send us feedback. Like stuff. Share also, stuff. If, if there are any clowns out there, like professionally... I want to hear your thoughts on Clown Corp. I want to see if you feel that this is a good representation Will you representation come in, of your clownology. Are you willing to this, come in studio and do an act with Clown Corp? Please don't bring a clown in here. I won't show up. <laughs> Anthony called in today because I have clowns. Exactly. Uh, I will not. I refuse to go to the circus. So, Your sister has tried to make go to the circus multiple times at the Biggie. I will not. What if, what if they agree to do like... I know who oh, John Wayne Gacy is. I know what clowns do. No, thank you. Clowns at Circus X are pretty good. Biggie. I don't care. I'm just saying. I'm just throwing it uh-huh. out there. All right. Thanks for listening. Check us out next time. Peace. See ya. Peace. That is the end of this episode. Another fun-filled day in the world of heavy metal over a six-pack. This is Anthony, Marcus, and Jay signing off. See you next time. <laughs>